0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for being with us. My name is David Bernstein. I am the founder of the Jewish Institute for Liberal Values. I am extremely pleased to be uh, offering this uh, discussion with two good friends in the Chinese American community. Um, it is part of Shine a Light on Anti-Semitism, which is an incredible national uh, effort that, during Hanukkah to shine a light on anti-Semitism. In, Communities around the United States. And we're really honored to take part in this uh, this effort to help expose the dangers of anti-Semitism in American society. Um, we at the Jewish Institute for Liberal Values are very concerned about the growth in anti-Semitism. Obviously, it is a phenomenon that we see on both sides of the political spectrum. We are focusing on what we are seeing on the political left and how it takes shape sometimes in anti-Zionism sometimes in other forms of anti-Semitism and particularly how it is inflamed by critical social justice ideology or woke ideology. And, um, and we want to be able to draw the connection between that ideology and anti-Semitism. And we also want to be able to um, introduce you to new allies um pe- people that you might not know on uh, in other ethnic communities that we may not have worked before and we've been really fortunate to get to know them um so I'm I'm very pleased to uh, to be able to work with two and uh, introduce you to two um, George Lee and uh, Liang Fang Chow um, I'll, I'm going to ask you actually to introduce yourselves in your your organizations rather than uh, me do it because you'll 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 be able to tell us a little bit more in depth about what you do, and then we're going to go into some questions that we have for them and how we can work together in creating a more humane society, a society that uh, go values the, that the free expression of ideas, and um, and one that uh, joins together to fight anti-Semitism, and other forms of bigotry. So, George, why don't I start with you? Tell us about Cacagney. Tell, tell us about yourself.
1: Thank you, David, and, and thank you for having, having me here. Kakagni uh, is a Chinese-American citizen's alliance Greater New York. Uh, the organization actually was founded um, in 1895, which makes it, I think, one of the oldest civil rights organizations in the U.S., um, this is founded after the uh, Chinese Exclusion Act was installed, and to help the uh, Chinese community deal with the Chinese Exclusion Act in, in New York City, the, the current uh, uh, branch uh, was rechartered in in in, in, uh, in 2016, and uh, and it was uh, founded by uh, by by people who were interested uh, a, a lot in education um, because. The uh, educational opportunities of the Chinese community has been under assault for some time. And uh, that was actually their primary focus. And, and that remains our primary focus today.
0: Wonderful. Liang, uh, you are uh, not necessarily affiliated with an organization. You're a city council member. You've been a school board member. Tell us about yourself.
2: Hi, I'm Liang chao um, originally from Taiwan and then... That was um, almost 30 years ago. And so I've been in US uh, longer than I was uh, at my home country. And so I came here um, to study at Princeton in computer science, and then um, spent two years in Germany and then moved to California. And I have never been involved in politics until 2014. And then somehow, I have gotten deeper and deeper. I was uh, elected to the school board earlier, and now I'm on the Cupertino City Council. And I am a member of many different Chinese organizations, for example, the Asian American, um, Asian Pacific American Public Affairs, APAPA, Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. and other organizations. But I have also co founded. Um, young, a a program for high schoolers to connect high schoolers with adult mentors to do um, some study on different local issues that affect them. That's called the YAPA, Young American Policy Advocates. Um, We are, uh, personally, uh, I'm also seeing a lot of the trend recently in our local school district. And then, um, of of course, different cases that's happening in public school and private schools. So I'm concerned and many of the local parents are also concerned. So we have been in continued
0: dialogue with school districts on these issues. Wonderful, wonderful. So it's almost become Uh, trite to say that we're living in a very polarized reality in America today. Um, We have resurgent ideologies on the political right and on the political left that have made America a more illiberal society in some ways. And it's affecting our communities. It's affecting Asian American communities. It's affecting Jewish communities. It's affecting society at large. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how the current ideological environment impacts the Chinese American community. Liang, let's start with you. So
2: for Chinese community, I I think um, those who are actually aware of the issues, are, of course, very concerned. Since many, many of them came from mainland China, they have seen similar things happening over there and uh, had disastrous result uh, during the Cultural Revolution. and But some are still blindly following, I think, the Democrat Party and they do not believe anything has changed because I think the media has been selective in reporting what's happening, actually happening. And But I think the majority are still indifferent and ignorant to what is happening around them. And like many, many issues, most uh, might not know or even react until it's being widespread and cannot be reversed. I'm afraid. So I'm hoping to inform more people um, so, so that more people could actually see what's uh, already happening um, around the country, in the companies and uh,
0: in schools. Um, Liang, you you compared what's happening to the Cultural Revolution in China. Can you talk a little bit more about that? In what way is this similar or or different than the Cultural Revolution in China?
2: Well, since I'm from Taiwan, um, I... Did not personally uh, experience that, but we did. We did get indoctrination from our Taiwanese government about what was happening in China. So when I first saw, uh, like the controlling of language, the controlling of thought, the denying of history, the denying of expertise of of, of scholars, I felt this was very similar and then the the way that they 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 want everyone to um and then this struck this um this uh class level struggle it, it's very similar so i checked with my friends from mainland is this actually what was happening in cultural Re- revolution or it was it might be my bias due to the indoctrination i received from taiwan but they they confirmed many of them confirmed and if, in fact also friends from venezuela friends from russia or eastern europe they also felt they this is what they had think when they were younger in right. In their home country, and and they are very, all very concerned that they came to America for the democratic society here and for the freedom of speech, but that that seemed to be disappearing under this um, new ideology, or some people even call it a religion. Sorry, mm. you'll not see my camera, it seems...
0: We see, we see you. You see me? Okay, good. Okay, yeah, you're, you're clear. Okay, George, so how do you regard this current ideological moment and how do you think it impacts the Chinese American or the broader Asian American community, if you like? How do you see this playing out in your community?
1: Well, um, the, the current ideological environment is terrible. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. Uh, We are moving away from equal rights, equal protection for everyone. We are moving from individual accountability to collective judgment. Uh, We're moving from objectivity and facts to lived experience and uh, feelings. It is terrible. Uh, The the Chinese community in New York City uh, has been Largely apathetic, as Liang Chao described. Uh, they don't know, they don't care, they worry too much about making a living uh, until two things happened. <clears throat> uh, one is uh, uh, Peter Liang, a, a police officer uh, who accidentally shot a Kai Gurley in a housing project. Um, I, I don't know how much you know about this. Uh, Tell us. He was he and another rookie, both rookies, were dispatched to survey or to, to, to uh, patrol a housing project which was notorious for crime. And they were walking down a staircase which, where all the lights had been knocked out by drug dealers and they heard a sound. Uh, he uh, uh, Peter Leon pulled out his gun and there was some sound, he was startled and he accidentally pulled the trigger. The bullet hit the wall, ricocheted and killed a Kai Gurley um, completely uh, out of sight. Um, it, was a, it was an accident and, and, and uh, he was prosecuted uh, for, for this. And the Chinese community for the first time put together a huge rally um, the newspaper reports were, uh, were underestimated how many people showed up, but I, I think it was probably near of twenty thousand people uh, coming and going, uh, in Cannon Plaza, Brooklyn, and 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 it's not just a, a, a pent up uh, fury over this event outrage because uh, I mean nominally it was over the fact that he alone of many cops with similar experiences were picked up. To be prosecuted, uh, many similar events happened, and nobody was prosecuted, but but him, and, and his and his partner, you know, who's Hispanic. But there were also years of pent up uh, uh, fury for for being treated badly in a way by the political establishment, by the media, uh, <clears throat> and 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 so that was the first fire, uh, first match that lit something that turned out to be very uh, combustible. And then came uh, in 2018, de Blasio's uh, war against the specialized high schools. And that literally mobilized Chinese parents who have never, never, ever engaged in politics. Um, And and that's where we are now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Many, many Chinese parents Broken English, many of them, new immigrants, never involved in politics, signing up to vote, and and they are voting uh, Republican. Hmm.
0: Uh,
1: Simply because the adversaries on the other side uh, who who talk about critical race theory, uh, collective judgment, uh, quotas, racial quotas, racial preferences, are often the Democratic Party. Not, Not all Democrats are against us. Uh, but the ones who are against us are Democrats. Mm.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: that answers your question, I hope. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Liang, we we, we talked about this offline uh, yesterday. Um, you were saying that the picture in California is actually quite interesting around where how Asian Americans and Chinese Americans, in particular, identify on partisan lines, and. Um, And that even the Proposition 16, which was over affirmative action vote, broke down in a way that still showed that the majority of Chinese Americans, correct me if I'm wrong, are are still Democrats or voted uh, along partisan lines. What's your take on how the current ideological moment is changing or not changing the partisan uh, balance, at least in California?
2: Um, So I actually looked up the... The party preferences for uh, China, Asian Americans, I think so um, around the year 2000, before year 2000, um, majority voted a Republican. Around year 2000, when El Gore was elected and they started to vote Democrat, and then the percentage goes from 40% to now around 70% in on recent elections, and it just, it was just, it was a continued rise, more and more are voting uh, Democrat. And uh, in last year, um, Prop 16 had a big impact uh, in, especially in the Chinese American community, because it will introduce affirmative action, race-based affirmative action, so that the state government uh, would be able to um, provide preferential treatment or uh, race-based discrimination on, on others. And uh, many are concerned that the, the number of seats on the most competitive UC campuses, like UC Berkeley and UCLA, will be reduced for Asians. And so that woke a lot of the Chinese Americans. And like George said, for the very first time, they registered to vote, they campaigned, and they they tried to talk to others about the issue that they feel will affect their children's future. And it was an impossible fight because almost any organization that you know endorsed the Prop 16 and almost anyone who is anyone in California endorsed uh, the Prop 16 also. And yet many of us, many of my friends told me, you are wasting your time on this issue because it's impossible to win. <laughs> but many stuck stuck to it, just think we have to try. And surprisingly, at the end, uh, we uh, Prop sixteen was defeated uh, um, by uh, almost fourteen percentage point. That's considered a landslide in this kind of election. So, so. And then the after the election, the analysis shows that actually majority of Chinese Ameri- or Asian Americans, I should say, the majority of Asian Americans are still voting for the for the Prop 16 as uh, similar to their the Democrats of Republicans spread. But then even though California Biden won by 76%, but about uh, 54 57.2% still rejected the uh, Prop 16. So they they voted for Biden, but then they say no on um, uh, racial prefer- preferential treatment based on race. And the analysis shows also that um people with higher education, higher income tend to vote for this major. I think they they feel like this might be a way to feel to help those underprivileged. But surprisingly, every county where Latino is a majority in that county rejected the major. So Latino population overwhelmingly uh, probably not overwhelming, but it's, it's by a significant number rejected uh, this perf- this preferential treatment that some elite people think might help them. Um, my mm. perception is, uh, I think, I think we they have a lot in common with us, and I think most every group have a lot in common. They want their hard work. Their effort to be recognized as such, and they don't want to be labeled as a diversity candidate if they accomplish something. If they they're, they're accomplished engineers, doctors, um, and anyone in their field. So they, they, all oh, many of the Latinos I have talked to, they, they want uh, to their children to. Do their part to earn what they they have. Um, they don't want hands down
0: from the government. Uh, uh, let me ask you a question: Of the activists that are moving away and um, and are starting to, they, I'm talking about the Chinese American activists that are starting to oppose this ideology. Do you find them to be mostly Republicans, or do you find them to be of uh, both parties? Um.
2: There are many uh, Republicans, yes, but then I think most Chinese are not very partisan. If even if they vote on my vote uh, more Democrat, I think a lot of them are more moderate. I think unless the the very not, I I think this, this is a very small portion are the very conservative, Republicans. The most are more like moderate, Democrat, moderate, Republican, or just independent, and they vote on issues.
0: Got it. George, what do you think? It, are uh, Do you think that complicates the picture of sort of the par- partisan direction of this? Well, um, I think
1: as now said, the, the, the ones who had been here several generations, the Chinese Americans, uh, tend to be more democratic voting. Uh, they were earlier into politics, so they tend to be more of the elected officers uh, too. Um, however, the new ones, the new immigrants who are registering to vote after Peter Liang, after the special high school fights, uh, they tend to vote Republican. Uh, mm-hmm. they, and, and in fact, they have even fielded some candidates, uh, You know, first, first try, not very successful, um, but they are, uh, they 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 vote Republican and and they find alliances with immigrant groups, as now said, uh, uh, Cubans, um, <clears throat> uh, Russians, uh, a lot of Russians. Hmm. Um, it's it's really immigrant values in, in many ways uh, that are being reflected here.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, let's let us i would like to explore that more. Um, so, we've talked about. The uh, intersection, if you will, of anti-Semitism and anti-Asian sentiment, um, and we've and I, I'd like to explore that a bit. Um, you know, in this current ideological environment, there's this um, notion of equity, and um, equity can mean that, uh, and at least the Ibrahim X Kendi definition of equity is that um, that if there's any disparity among groups, it's it's evidence that there's oppression at work. Um, The problem with that definition for groups like Asian-Americans and Jews, which on average do better than the mean, is that they can then be blamed for being part of the oppressor class. Um, And I'm wondering to what degree your your community is sensing that, to what degree do you personally think that's a problem? And to what degree do you th- is your community sensing it? and, and what do you think we, how, how do you think we should uh, deal with it? So why don't I start with you, George? What do you think? Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. I mean, um, we, in our fight on the special high schools, um, uh, we, we, the narrative from the other side uh, was always uh, equity,, um, uh, <clears throat> oppression. And 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 it took a while for us to get energized and, and activated and trying to understand these terms. But once we got to understand that equity means, because it's a very nice-sounding word, uh, right. that equity means equal outcomes. Uh, it also means collective judgment, uh, group judgment. In fact, group condemnations um, and also quotas and preferences. Uh, the Chinese community said na 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 na. No, we're not, we're not having that. We're fighting back. That's what we got away from. As Leon Chao said, um, you know, those from communist China especially, uh, they didn't come to America to be judged collectively uh, by immutable characteristics. So uh, yes, uh, that is, they definitely recognize that, that critical race theory and wokeism is, uh, and diversity, equity, and inclusion, those are all things that are oppressing the Chinese community.
0: Hmm. Liang, what do you think about this? Do you see anti-Asian, anti-Chinese sentiment emerging from this discourse?
2: I think at first most people didn't understand equity. It might think that equity just means we will um, provide more resources for those uh, who need it, and those who are disadvantaged. However, the the fight in Prop Sixteen make us realize that. There, the equity goal they have is the distribution of student population should match the population of California, regardless what uh, is the distribution of students who did apply when um, that's Asian was already over 36% and uh, they, they don't care whether the, the, popu- the, the, the population admitted meets the population who applied, which actually it does, but then they wanted to meet the the California population. So then, then Asian realized then that means the I think statistics have shown that Asian students tend to be overwhelmingly they do homework uh, five days a week or more, and they spend uh, ten hours or more on 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 homework and a. Uh, that's uh, 60% or more than any other racial groups. And some statistics says three times more uh, Asian students spend on homework and studying. So as a result, this group tend to do better academically, but then now you are saying in in the college admission, you are going to distribute by racial categories rather than uh, by effort. Or by uh, now UC has determined to permanently uh, not consider SAT or ACT in college admission. And that means students, especially those who grew up in a low-income household, could not show that they actually are better academically than anyone else in other schools by uh, studying hard for SAT. They are now being locked out of a chance to to, to get into the most competitive uh, UC campuses. So that's really unfair for those students. They are now almost in a lottery system and who knows who would get in. And now I think more advantaged students will be able to afford more after school activities and they will actually have an advantage. Over those students who don't have that resource to show anything else besides their academic uh, uh, background, academic skills. And so this, I think they are, that's why uh, Prop 16 has awoken a lot of uh, Chinese Americans, because they finally see what equity means, is that it means it ignores merit,
0: it ignores hard work. Um, do, do you see that as a category of anti-Chinese or anti-Asian sentiment? Or do you just see that as, a, as an obstacle you'll, you'll face?
2: I think people really don't see that as specifically anti-Asian. Or, but perhaps that's also because we kind of expect we have to work harder to be recognized, that even whether you implement affirmative act, race-based affirmative action or not, we already have to work harder to get into Yale, Harvard, or any other elite schools, and we just expect we have to work harder in every place in in our life. So, I guess we we don't really expect that to be specifically anti. Asian, but, but the result of equity will be anti-Asian because we are the group that tend to perform better. And then, yeah, but many people did wonder how come this is not applied to, say, sports scholarship, to MBA, and to other areas where? Asians are at the, at a dis- significant disadvantage. How about Olympic o- Olympic teams? Why don't we apply equity there? And why do we then only that's only based on merits? How about uh, Oscar? How about um, entertainment industry? We are in such a huge disadvantage there.
0: But. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's applied, on, it's applied just on it's applied just in the area where you're doing the right. Um, so so George, um, I, I wanna I wanna you can certainly respond to anything that Liang said there, but I want to sort of broaden the question. We talk a lot in the Jewish community about anti-Semitism coming from both the right and the left and the unique character of anti-Semitism on the right, which tends to be, very sort of raw and traditional, the Jewish consp- anti-Jewish conspiracy theories, and on the left it tends to take more subtle forms, um, you know. And I'm wondering if there's sort of a parallel in the Chinese American experience as well, feeling bigotry coming from both ends of the political spectrum. I know, for example, at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, there was sort of an outbreak of anti-Chinese sentiment you saw in certain quarters. You saw the use of terms like, you know, China virus and the like that some people felt was specifically anti-Chinese and not just aimed at China as a country. Um, and you could argue that that comes from the the right side of the political spectrum. And then you're seeing these sort of uh, more ideological forms that Liang just spoke of coming from the left how how do you, what's the discourse like in in the Chinese american community what do you personally think is the greater threat
1: right uh, uh, first of all i agree with everything uh, Liang chow said just a while ago i mean uh, the, the the professional sports the hypocrisy um is is, is, is i mean a, a lot of people dismiss that and say oh that's don't mention that but it's serious stuff um the the average uh, NBA salary average, I'm not talking about top. It's close to a million dollars. And that's a lot of people. you know um, In fact the average uh, salary in professional sports, NBA, NFL, um, altogether and uh, Major League Baseball, they're close to a million dollars. Uh, it's pretty high. It's higher than lawyers. It's higher than doctors. It's higher than engineers. Heck, it's higher than investment bankers we're talking about you know, serious opportunities that are not available uh, to Chinese. I mean, you know, we, should, we should perhaps argue if we follow their model that, uh, that there should be a special uh, hoop for the Chinese that's like three feet lower for them to score. And every time they score, they get five points instead of two or three points. I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing they're, they're doing and we're saying, why aren't you doing the same thing? So, so I think what Lan Xiao mentioned, it, 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 you know, said, said about, about hypocrisy in sports is very significant. Now, going to back to your question, uh, yes, um, there are people in the Chinese community that see uh, anti-Chinese discrimination from from uh, from both ends, being, from both sides of the political spectrum, being mentioned. However, uh, if you if you're a thinking person. You would see that the kind of discrimination that comes from the uh, from the liberal side, uh, you know, that's not real liberalism, but from the democratic side, tends to be real tokenisms. Um, you know, names, statues, uh, slurs. They do they really hurt? I mean, they're they're not good to have. But what really hit us, hits us on the, on the head like a brick is the discrimination from the left because equity and diversity and inclusion when put into policy by the left really hurts us very badly and in substantial, substantive ways. So yeah, you can, you can go for tokenism and you can go for performance or you can go for substance.
0: Uh, that's, that's how the, the
1: choices are made.
0: Liang, do you do you agree with George that that the threat on the left is different than the right, or is more severe on the left than the right, or do you think it's more severe on the right than the left?
2: Um, I I'm not sure. I I do want to um, add one point regarding the kind of discrimination Chinese face. I mean. I didn't feel things like the equity was specifically anti-Asian or anti-Chinese. However, why Chinese felt like we have to work harder? It's a long-term discrimination ever since early 1800s, right? The Chinese Exclusion Act, which was racist. And, but then it was, it brought out a desire to protect uh, domestic workers uh, against uh, foreign workers at that time that works harder and uh, takes lower wages. There's a, a fear of competition. I, I can see that. Uh, so that, that and from that, there, are, there were uh, many anti-Chinese um, regulations and laws passed and then many Chinese at that time were excluded. And then anyone who legally entered the country have to carry an identification card everywhere, just like Jews in, 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 in Germany. And if you, find you didn't have the identification card, you could get deported. And if you ever leave the country, you cannot come back again. So we have been severely discriminated since that time. And it's a lot better now. But however, I think we are still suffering from a different kind of discrimination. We are treated as forever foreigners. And when Andrew Yan ran for the New Yorker mayor, there there were, he was, someone were trying to portray him as not a New Yorker, even though he grew up his whole life over there. And uh, in, Chinese Americans even now are being treated differently by the federal government, even in foreign offices, when they they are diplomats and deploy, deployed uh, to other countries. They have passed all the clearances. However, they are treated, uh, they, they cannot be never be deployed to China or Taiwan or co- Korean because they are perceived as someone somehow you will still not be lawyer, loyal to, to America. To, and, and then we are seeing still now the federal government uh, will profile Chinese scholars, Chinese uh, engineers, um, for potential, um, always a potential spy. I think see that this is very similar to Jewish also that, you are always doubted whether you have double loyalty. And because somehow we are perceived to, to have a connection with a foreign country. And uh, I think China, I think US is afraid of uh, another, a better competition, <laughs> a competitor. And somehow are very guarded against that, but especially guarded against people who have any perceived connection with China. And that's the kind of discrimination
0: we still face today. Um, So to switch gears a little bit, um, how do you think that the Chinese community, and I know that's a broad category, so maybe the Chinese activist community, the people that you work most closely with in each of your respective areas in New York and California, how do you think that they understand and view the Jewish community? If you can draw any generalizations, maybe, George, I'll start with you on that.
1: Well, um, the people that that we deal with who are newly activated, they are immigrants. And so many aspects of how uh, the US society operates uh, are new to them. Um, However, they do live in in areas where there are many Jews, uh, in Brooklyn, for example, And, and there are good relations between uh, the Jewish community and the Chinese community—they uh, have similar uh, concerns when it comes to issues, uh, crime and safety, educational choice. Um, so, so the, in some ways, they they're natural allies and come and come together. Um, in terms of the deep appreciation of the of the Jewish culture, and and the anti-Semitism, especially in the historical con- historical context, I think there's there's more to learn. Hmm
0: what do you think liang
2: yeah i think our two communities share uh, deeply inquiring the values of academic achievement hard work and tight-knit families and physical responsibility a common history of facing prejudice and stereotype and the common challenge of their, their loyalty to, to perceive the connection to a foreign country so there are a lot of common things and I do feel that there seems to be many couples that we know who are Jewish American Jewish Chinese couples. One, one is Jewish, one is uh, Chinese and then there are even it's a, a pretty significant, significant numbers and there are even groups formed with of this mixed mixed culture or mixed race of uh, children. Who are trying to who are sharing what they have learned differently from the two different culture, um, but in general, I do think not a lot of Chinese do understand um, more in depth on um, the Jewish culture or the specific prejudice and stereotype that's facing Jewish. I think we we have a lot to learn more on that Um, and then I would like to learn more about how Jewish, uh, in terms of education too, Jewish tend to um, value a lot more uh, about debate and uh, independent thought, but Chinese tend to um, want their children to be more compliant and then more more quiet. I think Chinese Americans are Seeing that we are hitting a glass ceiling, a ceiling, and yeah, some progressive Americans think, oh, let's just adopt race-based affirmative action so you can break that glass ceiling. But no, I don't think uh, the way to do it is to somehow apply racial quota in in, in the boardroom. <laughs> and we need is to just Chinese American. Are more deficient in leadership, um, interpersonal skills. And uh, maybe we need to be more assertive and more forceful and more uh, um, able to take more risks. And then then we can become better leaders. And that's how we can break that glass ceiling. And what we need to think about is how do we learn from Jewish, from and actually, Indian Americans are doing well in that area, so that we can bring our children up to be to have those traits of great leaders. Then we mm-hmm. will see more Chinese politicians and Chinese CEOs, and and then that's the the right way to be respected and to have that ability to
0: mm-hmm. break the ceiling. Yeah, that's that's profound and and sort of. Very uh, reflective. Uh, George, what do you think about that? Um, I'm not so
1: as concerned about the issue. Um, I I do think that uh, in the Chinese culture, there's no short of appreciation for leadership and creativity. And as you can see from the economies and uh, scientific activity in China and Taiwan, um, it's it it, it can be done, and, and even in America, uh, I was just reading the headline today. Nvidia is in the process of acquiring ARM, which is a British. T- it's, it, it, they're on their way to becoming a huge semiconductor company, bigger than Intel, and the founder and the and the chief is actually Chinese, Chinese American. Um, you know it, it, that doesn't worry me so much. I think I think things will take care of themselves. Yes, perhaps if people learn what what Liang's, uh, Chao suggested that we learn from other cultures that that thrive in this in, in this environment so that that doesn't matter I think to me the more immediate concern is meritocracy um, because that I think is a is a value that that started in China um, maybe 20 centuries before Christ um, and 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 evolved since then uh, um, and and it has been a very core value for the for the Chinese uh, culturally. Uh, I think that uh, the defense of meritocracy and, and what goes with it, objectivity, open mindedness, uh, those are things that we need to continue uh, to 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 uh, to develop and nurture. And, and those are also things that could bring us together with the Jewish community and other immigrant communities uh, that 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 see the bigger value of, of of meritocracy and objectivity and judging people by their individual accountability and not by groups. So, so I think that those are the bridges that, that we need to build.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I think that's a great way to end. Liang, do you also agree that that could become the basis of not only Jewish-Chinese or Jewish-Asian collaboration, but a larger... Collaboration in the among immigrant communities who want to preserve some notion of objectivity and meritocracy and the like.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. I think, like George said, a, tra- a long time historical tradition in China is, even under imperial um, control of the emperors um, throughout the years, there is always the exam system so that those from the poorest of the poorest of families, as long as you study hard, as long as you can, you, you, you will become one, one a person who can rise to the highest of the hierarchy. And even today, a lot of uh, Chinese immigrants who are students uh, came uh, here, but then many of them are from rural China. Their parents are have do did not have a lot of education, but they were able to rise because um, they studied hard and they passed the exams to show so that they they eventually can rise to the top, and that I think is something we need to um, work together. So, so yeah, um, I think both school groups also value the freedom of speech that we, many of us come to this country for, we can work together on how to do that. And then we can work together to inform our our larger community, the negative impact of equity or the critical social justice. And we can
0: learn and share with each other our experience. Mm. Thank you. Well, that's beautiful. Well, it sounds like there's a lot to do together. Um, We've already started to explore some of that. Um, And um, I'm so delighted to have met you in the past few months as we've started to build up the Jewish Institute for Liberal Values and figure out who our partners with. It's so nice to know that we have strong partners in the, Asian-American and Chinese-American communities. And we look forward to building on those partnerships and the days ahead. Um, and so thank you, George. Thank you, Liang, So for your insights and for your partnership. Um, and I want to thank you all who have watched or will watch, um, wishing you a Chag Sameach, a happy Hanukkah, um, and, um, and a Shabbat Shalom. Thanks, everyone, and take care.
1: Thank you, David. Thank
0: you.